welcome to the 269th nice episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on January 27th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway, I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the artist formerly known as Decaf Cappuccino, Carlos Rodella. Yeah, I, I, need my, I need that caffeine. What are you talking about, decaf? <laughs> double cappuccino, double caffeine. Double ca- I've never done that, actually. I think that's too much. Have you ever had the drink that's called a shot in the dark, is what they usually call it around here, where it's black coffee with a shot put into it? No. Why would you do that? That seems like oh, it would taste man. terrible. I used to drink those all the time, and when I was dating my wife, when we were first going out, the very first time we went to a coffee shop, she ordered that. And I was like, oh, my God, what? I'm like, D- you don't have to impress me, like, you know, with your caffeine intake. Like, order what you really want. And she was like, no, I drink this. Nice. I was like, oh, shit. So I was a scrub in that situation. I had to, like, work my way up to her level. Um, but, yeah, that's a real fucking caffeine drink. You want to power yourself up, you have one of those. Dude, all I need in the morning, and I need it kind of every morning now, is a mocha with one shot of peppermint. I don't know why. That's just the thing I do. And the mocha is the chocolate. It's the dark chocolate with the coffee and that mixture. It just sets sets me on a good day. There you go. If that works for you, man. Sounds like you got a little system going. I do, and I like it, and um, I'm going to keep doing it. All right. Well, now that you are fully caffeinated up um, a couple hours ago, because we are now in the afternoon times, let's get on with this week's show. A couple of things to talk about game-wise. Got a pretty good selection of things, but as per usual, we're going to start off with how we usually start off, keeping the house, as our regular listeners know. Carlos and I live in a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. On my side this week, I don't think I have anything. Maybe I'll think of something, maybe nothing. But in the meantime, Carlos has got a few things on your side. Carlos, what do you got? Well, the first uh, few boxes I have will probably get you to open some other boxes you didn't Possible. even know you had. Possible. First off, uh, and this is a plug at the beginning of the show, but I haven't done that in a while. Uh, I was just recently on this uh, show podcast for the second time. It's called the SNL Network. Um, I am really nerdy about SNL. They are uber nerdy about SNL. And I found them on YouTube. They're just like, they basically talk about each episode and they talk about stats about the show and like, you know, screen time that all the different casts get. It's a super fun show. I was on it recently and I bring it up because A, you should go look for the SNL Network on YouTube and uh, maybe I'll put a link in the show notes. But they, we just talked about the Will Forte episode because Will Forte was just a, a host on SNL. Yeah, I heard about that. And it was the, his first time, which is crazy, because all these other cast members, former cast members, were on before him. And he's had many things to go on the show and promote about, but they didn't have him back until just now. So, uh, But it is a good time, and I bring it up full circle because he has his new series on uh, Peacock, MacGruber, and it's actually a series now. And have you seen it? I have not seen it because I do not subscribe to Peacock because I can't subscribe to just one more thing. But, I know. you know, I'm almost done with The Last Man on Earth, which is uh, the last thing that he was in. And it's really been excellent. We've only got a couple episodes left. So I would be very open to watching more of what he's done because I really like um, that TV series much more than what he's been doing on SNL in the past. But I can't subscribe to one more thing, man. I just can't. Okay, well, I think they might give you the first episode for free. You know how they do that. Oh, sure. And I'm also just bringing it up for you and in the future, wherever you can find it, you know, to access it. And also for our listeners, because MacGruber, weirdly enough, is very good. (laughs) 
am like super surprised. Um, I I mean I, I I am familiar with the character from SNL. Do you feel like it's like really fully developed and I mean much more than just a skit become a show? Oh yeah, it's just so much better. Like I watched the movie. I think there's even two movies, maybe. I don't know. Oh man, maybe. Uh, but they're not like good, and I didn't really like the jokes they were doing in them. <laughs> But here's the thing. Kristen Wiig's in the movies, and Kristen Wiig's also in the series. And basically, she is, you know, I think genius-level comedy. And to have her in there with him, they just they have heartfelt moments. They have wacky, over-the-top moments, like MacGruber. And then they have kind of in the mixture, in the between, like uh, A Last Man on Earth kind of moments. So That's what I like about that show. So maybe they're kind of channeling the same vibe there. Yeah, it just feels like they got good showrunners. They got good writers. And I'm just like really surprised. It's a short season. It's like eight episodes. Uh, maybe do the trial, you know what I'm saying? And watch the whole yeah, series yeah. and then just be out. But I bring it to the show because we were talking about Forte on the show. Uh, I was talking about him recently on that show. And I just I just want to tell everybody it's really good, surprisingly. Yeah, well, you know, I wasn't I'm, I'm not the biggest SNL fan. Um, I feel like the hit to miss ratio is not high enough for me to really watch it regularly. But uh, I mean, I got to be honest, I was not really the biggest Will Forte fan when he was on the skits that I saw. I was like, you know, whatever, it's fine. But I feel like he's killing it in Last Man on Earth. Like, it's really, really good stuff. Like you said, kind of genius level stuff. Kristen Wiig's in that as well. Um, and I would be really interested to see more from him if he's able to do the same kind of thing, like explore topics and have that swing between funny, slapstick, serious, heartfelt. Like, that's kind of what really sells the show to me. So if he's doing that again, I would be up for it. He's doing it again, but remember, it's McGruber. So there might be, like, sure. a moment where he rips out someone's throat with his hands because that's a thing that <laughs> McGruber does. Um, and then it goes back to, like, you know, a little bit more somber. So it's very interesting. Um, All right. So there's that. And also, Archive 81, I guess I just have to start watching it because everybody and their mother is. Oh, I just, somebody just recommended it to me last night and I hadn't heard of it, but I watched the trailer and I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I'll watch this when the kid's in bed or something. It, it's on my list, but I don't really know much about it. Well, I kind of don't want to know much about it. And I don't, you should probably neither. All I know is that it feels like a Black Mirror meets horror. And that's usually pretty good for me because I need like a psychological thing to get into horror. Um, and I don't want it to just be, you know, gross. But, same, same. Um, so anyways, I, and it's got great reviews. I'm not not looking at the actual words in the review, but I'm like seeing the number scores and they're all like really high. So I just bring it to the table. I think we probably should check it out because you like the horror. I do like good horror, and by and what is good horror? That's very vague and nebulous. I'm sure right. people are scratching their heads. I You know, I like horror where it's like, got a good concept or if there's a bit of comedy in it or if there's like some kind of you know just like some kind of interesting twist or something i'm not really up for just like splatter and gore yeah like if it's just like the bloodier the better is not really my jam but i do like horror that like tries to do things and i especially love um horror comedy is really my favorite stuff oh right yeah yeah okay well anyways there's that a couple other things real quick midnight asia on netflix everybody should check that out um it's like beautifully shot it's this docu-series about uh, different cities. The one I just watched was about Seoul, and it makes me really want to go there. Uh, I just It's a, a hidden gem, I think, and I think more people should learn about other parts of the world and see the cultures and stuff, and I think they do an excellent job of that. So uh, check out Midnight Asia on Netflix. And lastly, Ozark is back, and I've kind of just been back into it. Um, I don't know if you ever watched that series, did you? No, I've heard a lot of good things about it, but I've never, never seen it. Yeah, it's it's kind of incredible. 
Okay, I don't know why I'm all of a sudden doing like, um, and here's what you should watch on the TV, <laughs> but I just did it. Um, here's something that's up both of our alleys. Recently, they just did an interactive cinema experience called The Gallery. Have you heard? I've heard nothing about this. We're going to only just touch on it a little bit because I don't have ton- tons of information, but you know how you and I like the FMV games. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's doing that in the movie theater. And yes, they might have tried that in the past, but this Wait, you mean like in an actual movie theater? In an actual movie theater. Uh, I know. Okay. I know you're running for the hills, but... I'm out. But at I'm still some listening. point, you will be in a theater at some point in your future. In the future. I um, don't know about that. And even if, you, even if you never go to one ever again, which we can make a bet, I don't think that's going to happen. But <laughs> um, this, this experience will be brought to you know Netflix or a, sh- a streaming service at some point. But what it is, it's that kind of movie you watch and everybody votes on what the character should do. And I think that's really cool because, again, cool. another cool reason you might want to go to a theater in the future is not just to see something because you can see it at home. But the fact that, you know, that community, if we can get it back someday, is kind of interesting. It shows everybody holding up their phones and, like, you know, making the choices. So Yeah, kind of the community experience would be the selling point. You know, kind of like when you're watching a streamer and they pause the game and then, like, ask in the comments, like, oh, what should I do? Should I go left or right? Or should right, I kill? Right, right, right. Or, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. It looks cool. Okay, video game news. Uh, only a couple things so that we can get into whatever you have and then the games. Uh, Dying Light 2, so excited about. It comes Heard out next good week. good things. Heard good things. Yes. I mean, it's going to be good. Come on. I don't know. Anybody who thinks that, like, I don't know, you're in, you're insane. Uh, these developers are strong. We, you know, Dying Light's a strong uh, game, and the DLC was great. I think it's gonna be great. But the developers came out recently bragging that it would take over 500 hours to beat it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But they meant like if you did everything you could even think of doing, and then they like backtracked it and said like, well, it only take you 80 hours to do most of it, and if you really wanted, it'd take 20 hours. But that's yeah. like a lot, a big difference difference between 20 hours and 500 hours <laughs> yeah. is like a light year dude it's yeah a, it's an enormous difference and they should have really specified about that you know they could have put a tagline on it or just put an asterisk or something because you know i i know that there's a certain segment of the game playing population out there who wants the more hours the better the bigger the better big equals good and i you know i don't think i have been in that headspace for like years and years i don't know if you are and in general i just don't think that's really true but I know that there are a certain certain group of people out there who love to hear that. But I think that they kind of like slightly miscalculated by playing up to those people. They should have they should have hedged their bets a little bit. Well, I just don't think they put a number on it because, like for me, like what you just said, like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Which, by the way, I wish they would have put a patch out, or maybe they still have time before Dying Light. Because once Dying Light comes out, I'm not going to even like look at Cyberpunk. Uh, I'm just going to like be in the world of Dying Light. But you know, like I, that uh, cyberpunk is what 180 hours probably now, or almost. Yeah, well, you've probably. done like literally everything. Yeah, I mean, you've gone back and done like A to Z. Well, I made for, I for, made games for myself. Exactly, exactly. Which, by the way, before the end of this podcast, can you remind me to tell you about one of the games that I did? Sure, cyberpunk? sure. So you know, it, you just don't put a number to it. That's all I'm saying. Just say like, hey, this is going to be like tons of uh, hours afterwards. You know, after you play the game. Anyways, Shadow Warrior 3, one of my favorite, uh, second favorite uh, anticipated games coming out soon. Uh, they did a tweet and they said, our game will take 500 hours to beat 60 times. Nah. Which I thought was cute. Then you got to get a calculator out. Yeah, I don't know if they did the math. But uh, Shadow Warrior 3, get excited about that. Lastly, something that will make you angry. 
which I love doing, just like oh, man. poking the bear. Oh, jeez. Um, NFTs. Oh, God. Okay, just stop. Whatever you're going to say, just stop right just there. Just stop? Okay, first <laughs> off, obviously, you know, they're like entering the game space and you hate it. Uh, I, by the way, I don't, I don't like it either. But recently, what was this? Konami did Memorial NFTs, which were just JPEGs of old games. Yeah, yeah, I saw Don't that. do that. And then Troy Baker, who I guess we're God. supposed to love because he's like in every video game. But uh, he's like a complete asshole and a dickhead, yes. He might be. I don't know. I've never been impressed. I mean, he, he proved it when he jumped on Twitter. He absolutely proved it. Right. So I don't know the full story, but I just know that he did an NFT, and then I don't know why he did, and then people were angry. So do you have any other information about it? Yeah, I mean, I saw the tweet when it came out. I think I saw it like five seconds after it came out. I just happened to be on Twitter, and he was really, really posturing. And he did look like he didn't even know what he was talking about. I mean, he kind of set it up to where, you know, if you don't like an NFT, that means you're not a creator, or you're not about art, and you're not about looking forward, which I totally disagree with. That's terrible. And on top of that, the, the system or the whatever company he was repping in, in terms of this NFT was actually going to put him out of business because their whole concept was, you take somebody's voice, pay for it once, and then apply it to whatever you want for the rest of your life. So, like, if you get Troy Baker's voice once, you can, like, make 100 games with it and never pay Troy Baker another cent. So, it's like, not only are you an asshole for saying people have to be NFT pro, you're also going to put yourself out of a job because you don't even know what you're fucking representing. So, he, you know, he was spouting off for a while. Basically, everybody in the game sphere was like, you're a fucking idiot. Okay. And let him hear it about that day. And he just, like, completely put his foot in his mouth. I don't know if he backtracked. But uh, it was just like a real shit show for like a day. And he, I think, lost a lot of popularity that day. He really showed himself for the fool that he was. Yeah, it's just it's so it's I don't know. It's just so crazy this that we're in living in this moment where um, it's just an idea. It's just, you know, it's an idea of value. Well, and, you know, I mean, and, and taking that just for just a brief second. I mean, I know I don't know how much our listeners know about NFTs. And stuff, I know but like, we shouldn't even get into we it. We shouldn't but. even talk about it. But it, like, it's a fucking scam. There's like so many articles. We're not going to talk in depth. But like there are so many articles right now from people who know computer scientists. The guy who was one of the creators of the NFT got on Twitter and he's like, it's a fucking scam, you guys. Like it's like all these people are like, please don't buy into this. It's just inflated value that has no practical application and no real value. So please just don't. Don't do this thing, which is ruining the earth and putting, you know, making people spend money on nothing. Well, and again, I think it's very similar to uh, the stock market because that that's a big, you know, balloon yes. of nothing. And people it's, go it's, like, it is. It's it's like it's the stock market is horseshit and NFTs are like triple horseshit. Like absolutely. But also because you can save NFTs and you can't save stocks just by looking at them. <laughs> and you well, can, that's the thing is like you can't even save an NFT. What you're doing is you're saving a link. So if somebody changes the picture, you're screwed. You got nothing but a hot link. I mean, who cares, dude? It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Oh, no, no. I meant like when you like take the image and just like. Oh, when you right click it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, yeah. I've got a bunch of those. Right click. Save myself a million dollars right there. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Let's move on to video games. Wait, did you have anything else in housekeeping? Nah, I got nothing. I got nothing going on. We did it. All right. Let's get right into games. Let's get right into games. We got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, Carlos, so we're going to start with you. Now, I see. Um, you want to talk about Rage. Are you talking about the original Rage, which came out uh, a while ago? Yeah, just for a hot second. Okay, go for it. Um, so uh, I think listeners of the show know that I loved Rage 2. I mean, unrealistically. You were like number one fan of Rage 2. I still am. I mean, if they had new DLC, I would like just stop doing this podcast right now and go over and play it. Um, no, I wouldn't do that. But <laughs> it is an incredible game. Um, I really, really enjoy it. And what 
I, I think when Rage came out, if you can recall, we know most things and most moments in gaming history. Because we are that old. We are that old. Like, it had so much backlash. I don't it know, really did. I don't know why, though, because now that I'm going back to it, and I'll talk about it in a second, do you remember why the backlash happened? Man, I remember people hating on it, and I think, oh, if I can recall, I think it was just, like, really boring and repetitive, and it just didn't do a lot, and I think people were expecting a lot more from those developers. I mean, I, that's a vague recollection. I'm sure there were very specifics, but, I mean, I remember playing it and getting really bored and, like, bouncing from it pretty quickly, and I think that was kind of the uh, the general mood. Well, again, it's it's expectations, you know what I mean? Like it's Oh yeah, expectations were sky high. It's dude, publisher sure. Bethesda, it's id software. So they're going like, okay, it's going to be incredible. I think one, there was te- technological limitations at the time. It came out in 2011. Bro, cut them some Ten slack. 10 years. 10 years. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And like I went back and looked at it and I'm like for a game today, it looks pretty good. Like I don't know what they're talking about. Like I play games now that come out and they're like they look like a just a pretty good PS4 game or Xbox right. One game or whatever. So I, I think they were, it's just expectation. So anyways, I played it because, again, I love Rage 2. And Rage 1 is similar. Like, it's so similar. You you can see everything they did in Rage 2 that started there. Like, I guess my memory was like it was a different type of game. But no, it's exactly the same. Like, But it's less of an open world, right? Because Rage 2 is open world, and Rage 1 was like, you had a car, but like you kind of went to like levels. Like It wasn't like it's open. Is that correct? Not ish, ish, because like there, it's still open world, and you still could like just drive around an area for a while, like um, more like like areas and not like full world, right? Like yeah. there's a, anytime you were in a car, you would fight other cars, which, by the way, is really fun, and like shooting other cars and blowing them up, and then you could experience points for that and money. And then you could do that and just do that if you wanted, you know, or you could go to your next destination. But yes, it, Rage 2 is more open and you can go anywhere, anywhere, but you still ended up just going to the your missions. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I don't think it literally feels like Rage 2. So I was I was really excited. And so uh, I started playing through it. It's still got the wing sticks. It's got all these things that you remember from Rage 2. Uh, this is my like... Uh, kind of announcement that tell people to go back and play it because it's like really fucking fun. And yeah, again, expectations. Maybe we were bored in the beginning, but um, I think if you, as you get further on, the more and more weapons open up, it's just the cars get better. You have more armor and more weapons on your cars. Uh, I just think it's really fucking good. The only con is that in Rage 2, I never worried about ammo. In Rage 1, you run out of ammo, which just Mm. is never fun. Um, so, and then you have to do, you know, use weapons you didn't want to use, which I hate. Sure. So is rage one, the one where you got the, the, the boomerang or something like that? Yeah. A special both kind of boomerang? Yeah. Both games okay. have that. Yeah. It's the wing right. stick. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Wing stick. Okay. Good. And it like literally can like decapitate a person and it's just like an instant kill for like, you know, a little stink, stinking boomerang. Um, the other thing I want to say is besides it being super addictive and people should go back and play it. Um, I think the facial animations and the NPCs look really good. Like, hmm. again, surprising. We we review games on this show every week that are bad looking, you know, bad looking NPCs. And these ones look, they have real good life to them. Like, it feels like everyone feels like a real character. By the way, John Goodman does a voice in it. Is he the main bad guy? No, he's the main one of the main good guys. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so anyways, I just think it's really fun. The cars, again, are super fun. Um, I just don't know why it got so much hate, but I really enjoy it. 
Well, I'm pretty sure we have a review at Game Critics. I should probably go back and reread who wrote it and what they said. And I do remember it like really not going anywhere at the time. So I would be curious to revisit that. But it seems like, you know, sometimes, I mean, I think you've got a point, right? It's about expectations. And sometimes when you go back and play something after the heat of the moment's over, after it's left the conversation, if you just have a moment and you're sitting down and just kind of taking it for what it is, sometimes, you know, you can see past problems and really find the good in some older games. I, I really believe that. Exactly. And also remember, I was like, you know, hurting for money. And I was like, I need a, a free, in quotes, free game at this moment. And it was on PS Now, oh, okay. uh, which is that service that has some games. People like hate on it, but it's got some games, obviously. <laughs> um, and I think it works better for other people that aren't us because we play everything. And if you're not like a podcaster and playing things for work, you know, or the, the, the podcast itself, there's tons of stuff in there. Like Mafia Definitive Edition just dropped, you sure, know, like sure. there's just so much. So anyway, somebody who doesn't need to be on the cutting edge probably has a lot to go through if they haven't already played every goddamn thing under the sun like we have. Right, so. right, right. Yeah. So gotcha. check out PS Now and also check out Rage. All right. Cool. Cool. Um, all right. Let's stick with you for a minute. Ultra Age. Um, uh, okay. I am scraping my mind for what information I have on Ultra Age, and I'm drawing a blank. What is what is Ultra Age? Where are you playing it? What is why did you bring it to the show? Why did you do this, Carlos? Why did I do this? Um, I'm looking up the developer. For, sorry for the developer's name. I'm sorry. I'll look it up. You talk. Okay. Um, so this has been my back catalog forever. Uh, I, I love a third person action slash you know action RPG ish type game. This is more of just an action game. And the fact that you can level up, but it's not an RPG at all. Um, and it's just been on my back catalog. So I just always been thinking about it. And it, it, I think it's a little bit on sale. I don't know if it's like 20 or $30 now. It seemed affordable. Where and are you playing this now? Are you on PC? Or I'm playing you? it on PS4 on my PS5. It, I guess the biggest knock on it that everybody like you know puts in the reviews is that it looks like an early PS4 game. So the graphics aren't like amazing. But they don't have to be. And I'm here to say that, short answer, I really, really like it. I feel like it's a short experience. And I'll talk about what the game is in a minute. But it's very, very similar gameplay-wise uh, and feel to Near Automata. Okay. All right. I'm watching videos now. I have, like, zero recollection of this game at all. I don't remember this existing. But it kind of looks like, I was going to say a Devil May Cry, but Near, I can see that as yeah, well. Yeah, Devil May Cry. It's got Final Fantasy 15 elements, like an action RPG where you're just hacking and slashing a ton of robots and monsters. It's not It's not just robots. Like, you know, it's uh, actual, like, beasts and stuff. But the story is um, you are an androidish type person. Of course, you look human. And you land on a planet with another AI robot, which I always love those kind of games where you kind of talk to your AI companion and your AI companion has like contempt for you, <laughs> like doesn't like you for some reason. I mean, spoiler, they all do. Yeah, I know. Right. That's the future, Carlos. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I like talking with it and stuff. And by the way, it's all in Japanese, so it's all subtitled. Uh, it, it's an action game. First and foremost, you kind of land on this planet. You're trying to figure out what's going on there. You're supposed to retrieve something. And you only have like seven days to live, I guess, uh, as this android, which I think that's why I'm playing it. And it feels like it's a really fast like campaign experience. You you know, you die and it's game over. So you have to restart wherever you were, your last save point was. You don't really lose too much, you know, uh, progress. And there's no souls like bullshit. It's just, you know, you go back to the save point. Right. Um, right. Standard, standard action. Standard game. action game. You, you, there's a lot of leveling up. The, the main thing that makes it unique is that you pick up a bunch of different swords 
Um, right now I found five. I think there might be six or seven total. And each sword can be upgraded. And there's a whole upgrade tree for it. So that makes it feel like an RPG in a way. But each sword can break. Uh, the durability is basically based on other little shards of the sword you pick up. And basically, if you're listening to me talk about this uh, breakage stuff, it doesn't really break much. So you don't really have to worry about that. Um, and what the game does is you pick up gems, and those gems you can upgrade stuff. You can bring back your health. Uh, by fighting monsters, you get gems, and of course that brings your health back as well and experience points. So you're upgrading all these different swords, and each sword is like better for different scenarios. Normally I hate that, but you can switch it really fast, like R1 button, R1 another button, and you're just switching between swords. Sure. So you're fighting monsters, you use one sword. You're fighting robots, you use another sword. Uh, it's just so fun. The combat is done so well. You don't even care if the graphics are kind of older. It's just really fluid. You saw some of the video. Um, yeah, I'm watching while you're talking about it. Yeah. It's just really fucking fun. Like, it just feels really good. Uh, and that's my favorite part of it. And the fact that the story is really confusing because, you know, the robot's making fun of you or the Android AI is. You're, an, you're a robot. You're trying to uh, figure out what this lost civilization so it's not just like hack and slash. You're getting these story moments, and it feels like near Automata, where like it's going to be a bait and switch, or some weird thing's going to happen at the end, and you're going to be like, "It's really about this," you know. <laughs> I, just, I, I love just when they do like that. It. I love that narrative bait and switch. I'm always up for a good yeah, bait yeah, and switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like I could, I would, you can hear it coming a long way away in near Automata. You know, it's like, oh, I don't know what that is, and this feels like the same thing. So. Uh, gotcha. Short review. I just I love it. I'm gonna probably just beat it soon because uh, before Dying Light you know comes out, I want to uh, finish this up. And I I really speak highly of it. I just think it was a miss, another hidden gem. I'm watching the videos. Yeah, it definitely looks like a near combat wise, a Devil May Cry. Um, it definitely to me screams a Carlos game. This is what I think of when I think of you, like like really being your element. Maybe maybe it could have a few more RPG elements, but like the yeah. combat and stuff is what I think of. Uh, apparently, it's a Korean game developed by Intra Games, Next Stage, and put out by Dangan Entertainment. So I man, I literally have no recollection at all of this game ever existing. So I'll check it out. Um, and thank you for bringing it to the show. Yeah, again, it's. Uh, I'll talk about the ending because I'm. I mean, maybe I won't because I don't want to spoil it. But, anyways, you know that I'll have beaten it because I, I really do like it. I yeah, this is the kind of thing that Carlos beats. I understand that for <laughs> nice. sure. Nice. So that's that's happening. All right, let me talk for a minute about uh, a game called Vagante. V a g a n t e. Have you seen this one? Yeah, it's always been in that kind of like. Here's a new game that came out, and I go. I don't know. This looks look more like a Brad game. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna right now just upfront tell you this is 1,000 percent an anti Carlos game. So do right. not play this. Don't yeah. think about buying it. Okay, well, not for you. Um, so I was really drawn into this. It's a 2D. Uh, I don't know, like not even a 16 bit. Like it's a real simplified um, visual style, but a really cool one. They've got a nice muted color palette. The the pixel art design I think is really good. Very attractive looking, and that's kind of what grabbed me. Uh, also, it is a roguelike. Also, it is action-based. So I'm definitely up for those. A lot of those things are in my wheelhouse. Um, but I didn't know a whole lot about it. Um, and full disclosure, the developer did send me a code so I could talk about it here on the show, which I'm doing literally right now in real time. Um, and I will say, oh, man, I'm, I don't, not, I'm not sure what to even start with about Vagante because, okay, so roughly you, you pick a character. There's a magic user and there is also a... Kind of like a knight or something. I believe there are more classes, but I think you have to unlock them as you go. 
I started with the Knight. I tried out the Magic user. And basically, it reminds me a lot of Spelunky in a lot of oh, ways. Oh, yeah. I can see that with the art, too. Yeah, there's like ladders, there's platforms, there's monsters that show up. Sometimes you'll you'll come across a shop and you buy some stuff. You find some money, you find some items. Like it's got a very Spelunky-esque kind of feel to it. And in fact, I would put I would put them both in the same bucket, honestly. Um, so I think that if you like Spelunky, this one might be a good one to check out. Although I will say, I mean, I'm not the world's best Spelunky player, but I feel like Vagante is like even harder than Spelunky, and oh. I feel like Spelunky was already too hard. Yeah. Um, so I here's what I like about it. I mean, I think it feels good to play. Like the way that it actually holds in your hands, the jumping, the combat, like your motion, the weight of your character, just the physical sense of playing this game, I think is very pleasant. I really like it a lot. I think it looks great. I love the graphics. I think they're very cool. And I love the concept, right? Like having a character jumping in, um, just fighting some real time combat, finding different weapons on the fly kind of making do with what you've got. I mean, that's like really the heart and soul of a roguelike. And I really enjoy that. And I think that the concept here is great. Um, the problem is this game is hard as hell. It's really hard. Um, I mean, I did not make it very far at all with, with the knight or with the magic user. Um, you know, it's really easy to take damage. It's really hard to heal your life. Um, people can come at you from all sides. Monsters can fly in from any direction. Um, there's a lot of traps. There's so many traps where oh. it's like they're there. You can see them, right? Like they're not hidden, but you got to be really paying attention, right? And I'm, I'm playing on the Switch. I'm playing it like at nighttime as I usually do. And it's just like one little couple pixels of moss. And I just don't notice it because everything is kind of green and brown. And I walk, but that's the, the moss that signals, hey, there's a man-eating plant right here that's going to pop up as soon as you step on this square. And if you miss that moss then you get eaten and that's exactly what happened or like sometimes there's a little little spring that's uh located right underneath the platform and the second you drop off that platform you get shot in the back by an arrow and it's right there you can see it but if you're not like at 100 percent super focused like i'm on alert for all dangers like if you're just kind of playing it just to play it you're gonna die like every five seconds like it's really rough you die all the fucking time um it's really really tough and it's one of those roguelikes, as far as I could tell, like you start from fucking zero when you die and go back. I mean, I made it a little further. I unlocked something and it told me it was a background. And I'm like, well, OK, are we talking about like a wallpaper? What are we talking about for a background? I don't know what that means. The game doesn't explain it. I tried to look it up in the menu and it's like there's the unlock, but I have no idea what it is. If it even helps me, I, I don't know what. So maybe there's more to find out, but like from my limited exposure and I didn't jump on a wiki or anything, I'm just like, just taking the game as it came. Uh, it seemed like every single time that I died, I went back to literally square one with nothing, like nothing, no money carried over, no experience carried over, no weapons carried over. You're just like fresh. And so I did a, a number of runs with both characters that I had access to. And man, I just was like, I don't want to play a high stakes game like this. Um, because, you know, I felt I got to the end of like two hours and I'm like, I had gained nothing. I didn't really get any further. I didn't learn anything except for to watch out for traps. And it's just a real bear of a game. Like if you feel like Spelunky was real easy and you want something to challenge you, like Jeez. this is your game. If you feel like you got something to prove or you just don't like yourself very much. Yeah, that's this is your like game. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you want to punish yourself, this game will, will bring that to you and deliver it. But 
I hate that they made it so hard because it's so appealing. Like it looks so great, feels so great, great concept. Like if you had three lives or if there was some kind of progression that I could, you know, if there was, I mean, if there is, I don't know about it, but if there was some progression that I could figure out or if there was some feeling of like, I may have died a thousand times, but at least I took one step forward. You know, like one of those, sometimes that's all you need to keep going, right? Mm -hmm. But this one, I feel like there's nothing. And it's just a really soul-crushing feeling to do. And I don't like to play games where they just like slap you down and slap you down and slap you down. And at the end of the day, you got like literally nothing to show for it. And that's kind of how I walked away from Vigante. I just was like, okay, I like what you did, but I'm not that much of a masochist. And I, I got a million other games to play. And this one feels like zero progress. So I got to bounce. But I mean, I think it's pretty cool. And if you're like one of those people that really, really wants a challenge, Mike, check it out, you know? To go back to Ultra Age, though, like there is a kind of a final death thing. It's not like you don't respawn right away. You have to like, you know, game over for a minute and then go back to a save point. But again, there's a fucking save point. So even if you eat shit at a boss and you do have to backtrack a little while, um, you still feel like you made it to a certain spot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know it's a different type of game, but it's again, it's that one thing where like the first time I got the game over screen in Ultra Age, I was like, oh no, am I not playing this game anymore? You know what I mean? (laughs) And then I realized, oh no, no, no. It's just, I'm back a little ways. So that's all we need. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I just, I'm just not up for that extreme punishing back to zero, no progress, you know, get good kind of a thing. Like I'm just not the customer for that anymore. And that definitely feels like where this game wants to go. So I, you know, I respect it because I think what they're doing, they do it really well. I have no real critique about the craftsmanship or the design. I think it's a great, every, every goal they seem to set out for themselves. I feel like they've achieved. I am simply not a person who wants to go along on that ride. Right. So it's not for me. So anyway, Vagante, if you want a challenge, if you like Spelunky, if you think you're a fucking badass, this is your game. Check it out. Uh, I will gracefully make my exit all right carlos uh the pedestrian i am very very curious about this one um it's been uh on my radar for quite a while and i believe mike susky at game critics reviewed it for us i if memory serves i believe he liked it a lot uh i should go back and read that review but it's available on playstation and i've seen it i don't know if it's on xbox but i'm very very curious to hear your opinion please fill us in on the pedestrian where are you playing it and what's it all about yeah it's on game pass right now oh is it really so you excellent get to go play it perfect yeah. perfect um i think it's relaxing and good the the top line review is it's 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 fun and nice obviously i'm not like in quotes paying for it besides my game pass subscription uh so i had to check it out and yeah i've seen it on so many people's radars and it looks great and visually and it's a really interesting idea i have a kind of a con with it uh but let's talk about the pros First off, the whole uh, story gets started, which is really interesting, um, where you're just kind of like a nebulous like shadow, and then you pick if you're a male or female, and then then you're a male or female, a uh, little character. And then once you are uh, one of them, you move into the world, which is a present, represented in a 3D world, uh, looking at it you know, uh, head on. But your character is on 2D space, uh, which I think you know, other games have done that, and ones we've reviewed on the show. But the 2D space that you inhabit as a male or female character or representation is on signs, basically on different street signs or different whiteboards. Pretty much anything that can have a display, your like, character. Like a flat surface, like a like a street sign or traffic sign or something, right? Yeah, but again, not just that. So it's lim- it's not limited to anything really. It's just basically anything that has a face 
Like it could even be a sticky note. It could be a, a LCD screen, you know? So, so like a vertical flat surface. A vertical flat surface, yeah, which you keep like scrolling by. So basically you as moving left to right, you're moving the screen left to right. And the, the screen is the world. So you're kind of like floating through the world until you show up on an actual like piece of paper or something. Yeah. And then when you are there, again, you can see your character and you come in through a door and the whole goal is to leave through another door. And then so you can keep going to the right. Um, that Mario started. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers started that whole thing. Too right? bad they didn't patent that left to right movement. Huh? I know because that's what I, I mean, that's where I remember it from. Oh, that's that's bullshit. Commander Keen had it. I, other PC games. <laughs> I remember that. It was like old computer games started it. So, but anyways, uh, so that's the game. And as your little character, you basically some of the first kind of puzzles are you know go through the door and try to find out how to get through the door. You can jump. You can double jump. You can climb ladders. All the things you would see in a platformer. But you also at some point get to puzzle levels, which means that when you come through the door, you're on a little you know, screen, or let's say, let's do pieces of paper. And the piece of paper you're on, there's like three other pieces of paper. And each piece of paper has other parts to the level. And what you can do is you can connect those pieces of paper through doors. And it's literally like you hit Y, I think I'm playing it on Xbox, and it goes out, like kind of zooms out, and you can like use a mouse kind of cursor thing to connect the different doors. And you can move the pieces around as well. So it's literally like puzzle pieces. Interesting. So that was the thing that I didn't realize. I didn't know that you could move parts. So are, are these parts, are they all on the screen at the same time? Yes. Or are you kind of like shuffling back and forth between them? Yeah, they're all on the screen at the same time. And so you okay. can visually kind of like play out like, oh, if I put this here, then the ladder will connect. And the ladder needs to connect so I can go down the ladder and jump up on the other platform and go through the door. Uh, and the first levels are really easy, of course. And then it gets more complex. And they do things like switches as well, right? Like anything like that has a switch that does an elevator. So now you're using your brain in so, lots of different ways where, you, you know, if I go through this door, but I don't go through the door first and I do the switch too early, you know, all that shit. Then also there's keys. And now you have to find a key and I have to pick up the key and get through the right door. The problem is at some point it got a little too complex for me and it wasn't relaxing anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that that's what these games are for. Lots of times people just want to do puzzle solving, like a Sudoku or something. But sure. I I just basically got stopped on one, and I just put it down. And that's always the shittiest, because I want to put a game down. Ooh, here's a fun tangent. I want to put a game down because I want to, I've got to eat or something, or I probably should go to bed, or I'm just like, you know, I play games for an hour or two. But I don't want to put a game down because I don't like what's happening. And right. you know what I mean? Yeah, you don't want to put it down. You want to put it down because you've had a satisfying session and yes. you're ready to move on with your life. You don't want to put it down because you're stuck or frustrated or angry. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I, that's why, again, not to bring back Ultra Age again, but I just went for the three hours straight because I was like, yeah, I, I'm having a good time and I'm not feeling the progression stop. So this is what happened is I got to one that was like five pieces or four or five pieces and it's with switches and it was keys. So I was like, I'm dumb. <laughs> you know, it's those moments where you go like, when you figure it out, like the witness or something, you're like, I'm smart. But for the moment, I'm dumb. And I don't know how to beat it. And I just put it down. But that's the, the, that's the whole crux of the story. 
Right, right. Interesting, interesting. I I didn't realize about the moving the pieces around, so that kind of is throws a whole other like element to it that I didn't realize. But you know, I like the way it looks, and if it's on Game Pass, I mean, sure, I'll give it a give it a try. Nothing really lost there. But you know, yeah, I kind of am with you. I I'm not the strongest puzzle solver, and I kind of feel like it ends up being kind of a challenge between you and the developer of the game. And if you end up with your brainwaves being the exact same brainwaves that the developer's on, then it kind of works out, right? Like maybe it's kind of a good back and forth where they throw down a challenge and you kind of get what's going on. And so yeah. you're feeling it and you kind of figure it out. But a lot of times I, I mean, maybe it's just me, but I often don't end up on the same brainwave as developers. And so those who really, really crank up the puzzle difficulty, um, or especially like in a point and click, like when it's something really like moon logic -y, Oh man, like that's the worst for me where I just, the answer doesn't make sense to me or it's like 10 extra steps. So it feels like drudgery instead of fun. Mm -hmm. um, and just in the space I'm at, I mean, I don't know, like I, this seems like maybe it would be too, too much for me as well. That's exactly it. And I'll say this other thing. I agree with you. The visual representation is like awesome, right? Like it's just a presentation. It looks very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's super cool. And so the only thing I wish again, we're just, we wish for things. Uh, it's not what the developer wants maybe, but I wouldn't mind the puzzles just being like not really complicated, but more about like how you interact with the environment because that yeah. stuff is done so cool. Like you might be on a computer screen or something like that. You know, there's all these different ways that the world comes into play. And then you're like on this 2D plane, which is what reminds me of one of my favorite books that people should uh, go read. It's only like hundreds of pages or something. It's called Flatland. Um, and it's about two dimensional characters that have an uh, kind of interaction with a three-dimensional object. And I'm just going to say this real quick tangent because it's it's good for the kids. Uh, so And it's just educational. But, like, so these 2D <laughs> characters, you know, like think of a piece of paper. And there's okay. all these little, you know, shapes, and they're, like, they're, you know, self-aware. And all of a sudden, they have a bank. They have a bank, and they put all their, you know, prize positions in the bank. And the bank is just a square, you know. And so like a three-dimensional object could literally just like poke a hole through the piece of paper and, you know, let's say take whatever's out of the bank yeah. and then just like be gone. And so they're like, how did that happen? Like something went inside our, our box that we had that was impenetrable and just and now it's gone because yeah. they, you know, or they see a circle and they get it's a small circle and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. That's just a pencil going through the piece of paper, right? Um, it's fascinating. So that's what I kind of wanted more out of this. It's like selfishly, a, like fun with 2D. You know, that kind of reminds me a little bit of um, oh man, what was that game that was on Vita? That was Tearaway. Yeah. Yes, thank you. We were on the same wavelength there, where you're kind of playing with like how things are presented, maybe looking for like a fourth wall breaking solution to some things, changing perspective. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I, I perceived um, uh, the pedestrian to be. And I do love that when it's done really well. It's it's tough trick to pull off, but when people do that, I think it's great. So yeah, are you, you think you're going to bail on the pedestrian? Or are you going to hang in there for a little bit longer? I'll hang it for a little longer. I'm, you know, you know the thing where you come back to a puzzle and you're like, oh, it's that. Yeah, exactly. So let, let me your subconscious work on it for a night. Yeah, let me do that. I might do it tonight and go like, oh, okay, cool. But I know, like in three puzzles, they're going to be like, guess what? Fuck you. Check this out. Yeah, probably. So all right, we'll check back. That is the pedestrian. You say it's on Game Pass right now. Game Pass right now. All right, great. Uh, so, you know, um, I'm playing a lot of games right now. I'm trying to, I'm juggling too much, and I want to finish all these games, uh, but I also have to bring something new to the podcast. I mean, I think right now I'm playing 
Nobody Saves the World. Still playing that. Mm-hmm. Having a great time with that. I'm still playing Warhammer, Warhammer Battle Sector. I'm still playing Lake, and I'm playing um, one game that I'm going to talk about in one second. So I got like four things going, which is way too many already, right? So I got to pick something small that I can chip away at and bring to the show. So one of the things um, I thought would be a good fit, I, I dove into the backlog. I have this enf- infinite backlog. And since this is the Soviet Games podcast where we talk about new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between, I thought this was a perfect chance to talk about Bad North. Have you ever played Bad North? I know of the name. I'm going to look it up. I don't think I played it. Maybe I have. Let's see. It's currently on Switch. It's from a couple of years ago. It is kind of like a very, very, very small um, real-time strategy. But I'm talking like teeny tiny. Everything is on one screen, which to me is really the most important part. Uh, I am notoriously bad at real-time strategy when I have to multiply, you know, move, navigate between different screens. I can't, I can't juggle ten different things happening in ten different locations. It, it wrecks my brain. So, Bad North is an RTS, but it's, everything is on one screen. Each uh, level of this uh, roguelike RTS is a small island, and when you start the game, you get a couple of Viking clans. So, like one guy will be like a, I don't know, like a swordsman. And one guy will be like a spear guy. And then as you go, you can get more people to join your, your party. But you start off with your two your two troops. You put them on an island. And they're teeny, teeny, tiny. They're, they're super small. They're like little, barely like little little dots, right? It's a diorama. Kind of looks like a diorama. Yeah. Isometric perspective. And the island is just really um, bare and minimal. But I don't mean that in a bad way. Like it's very, very visibly easy to look at. Just looking at the screen in a moment, you'll already know who's doing what, where they are, what's happening. It's very readable, very easy to see. So you start this tiny island, two little troops, you know, swordsmen, pikemen, bowmen, whatever. And then these little canoes full of bad Vikings will come in from the side of the screen. And they will come into your island. And you got to, like, rotate the island to figure out where they're going to land. Send your troops over there and meet them at the shore and kill them and stop them from getting on your island. Uh, On each island, there's a couple of houses that you want to protect. And... I mean, that's basically about it, right? Like, so you got to beat them back. You know, it's it's the kind of like rock, paper, scissors thing where it's like, oh, the bowmen are really good at killing, I don't know what, the spearmen or something. And the spearmen are really good at killing the the swordsmen. And the swordsmen are really good at killing the bowmen. So mm-hmm. it's got like that little rock, paper, scissors thing. So you kind of juggle that as you're going. And each level is only like, I don't know, like three minutes long, four minutes long. Like they're like little micro sessions. Um, and as you go, it's like a whole chain of islands. You defend the first island, you, you win that one, you go to the next island, you get some money for power-ups, you can make your guys stronger, open up new abilities, you can find items, equip some items, get like bombs, grenades, better swords, better bows, whatever. Get more troops, and then you just kind of like work your way from left to right through this series of islands. It's very simple, very straightforward, very clear, but all of these are really good things. I mean, in a way, it's really elegant, because I think it's taking the RTS formula, which can very easily spiral out of control. It can be too much. It can be overwhelming. Yeah, it can, it can be, be too busy. It can be really busy and massive. And you're like, oh, what am I even looking at? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's really easy to let that thing grow and metastasize to a point at which it's just uncontrollable. For me, anyway. Maybe other people thrive on it. But for me, it can get really just out of control. So to have something this small, everything on one screen, island, each island is super tiny. You've only got, like, two or three troops, maybe four at most. Like, I mean, that's four. Four troops instead of like 100 troops or 200 troops or whatever. And, you know, as each wave of bad guys comes in, it's just a couple of bad guys. So you're just like moving your pieces around. Um, when you move a guy, it pauses. It doesn't stop, but it pauses like really, really, really super slow. 
So you can take a moment to think about where do I want these guys to go? Where do I want to send my bowmen? Where do I want to send my swordsmen? And just kind of just play through it. I think it's really, really pleasant and clever and smart. It's great in small doses. I think it's great on the Switch. Uh, I just, I really like it a lot. I'm glad that I came back to it. I bought it like a million years ago, whenever it came out, uh, and just didn't play it. But now that I'm playing it, I think it's brilliant. And I think it's worth all of the, uh, it really deserves all the accolades that it got at the time. So if you haven't played Bad North, um, a perfect game for the Switch. It's got some DLC, which comes with the package if you buy the game now. And I think it's it's marvelous. I think it's really, really enjoyable and pleasant. It looks really cool art style. I'm looking at it on Steam because it, it came out on Steam as well. Uh, on Steam, there's a demo. Uh, I don't know if there's one on Switch, but you can download the free demo. And it's only $7.90 with the DLC on Steam. So also a good deal. And yeah, it just looks like a really good art style and that kind of Nordic feel to it. Uh, it's it's cool. really good. Everything about it is just really polished and smart and good. And I really like it a lot. I'm definitely going to try my best to beat it. Although it is a roguelike, so I'm not, I haven't died yet. I've, I'm on this extended campaign, so I'm on a good streak. I'm on a hot streak. Mm. And my fingers are crossed, um, but I don't know what happens when you lose. I haven't lost yet, so we'll see. But so far, total thumbs up. Definitely recommend it. Really like Bad North quite a bit. All right. All right, Carlos, back to you for Eternal Radiance. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, Sounds boy. like a winner. Yep, 10 out of 10. Um, well, you know, this is the game I kind of talked about on the show a couple times. Uh, I think I did. And did it's you? A- I might have. Um, Remind me. Maybe Remind I just lied. I don't know. Uh, no, it, it it's basically the visual novel with an action RPG. Com- oh, that's combined. right. We did talk about this like last episode. I didn't. The name is kind of generic, but yeah, we talked about this where it looked. This is the one where I said, "Oh, if you didn't tell me it was a visual novel, I never would have known," because it looks just like an action game when you check it out on Steam or whatever. Yeah. Kind of like a Dynasty Warriors ish sort of visual presentation. Okay, good. Okay, so you played this. You were very excited to play this. Yeah, and I'm not like unexcited that I played it, and I think it's okay. Um, but you know, here's what it is: so it's a visual novel with an action RPG, and what that does is it starts off as a very anime visual novel, anime style. Uh, you start out as a woman who's an apprentice, almost like eight a million other visual novels where you're an apprentice and you've got to like learn something and you know become something else uh, and find your destiny, and there's a lot of talking, a lot of visual novel stuff going on, so it doesn't go into any sort of RPG stuff at all for a long time, which I kind of liked because, you know, the whole thing is I'm still trying to find the visual novel series that will get me in. Um, right. At this point, maybe there won't be one, you know, maybe it's just not my style of game, but I don't think so because remember you got me into that vampire one. I liked that quite a bit. That was really good. Have you ever played, uh, do you ever play Danganronpa? I did and I didn't find it as interesting didn't click with that one because Man, they okay. have a lot of action uh things in that game as well that i didn't like kind of quick timey events don't they yes yeah. yes yes okay. okay so i don't know just that that feel didn't feel right to me and again i've tried because i've probably played all of them or tons of them but i think the vampire one which again was it masquerade it, yeah it was uh, i don't know the subtitle of it but it was like vampire the masquerade one that came out on switch a couple uh yeah, last year I think I yeah, did enjoy that one, uh, and I love the visual style of that too. But so good, so good. Very, you know, it, the story has to get you, and so this is, a, you know, it's generic in both ways. It's generic in story, and it's generic in the action RPG. So it's tough. It's a tough sell. But I still recommend that they. I guess I'm not sure if I can recommend the game, but like I'm so happy they made it because I want more of this. And again, like I said, you start off with a visual novel, you meet a bunch of characters. 
they send you off on a mission. Your first mission is to go into an overworld where you are doing an action RPG game, killing monsters, anything you think of from a generic action RPG game. Graphics are just okay, you know. Monsters are just sitting there waiting for you to come up and see them. You know, they're not doing anything. It's, you know, it's just busy work. Um, but then you're doing side missions. So the more people you talk to in the towns, uh, you know, via the visual novel, the more side missions you'll get. So it kind of makes you want to talk to everybody, which I think is nice. It's a kind of cool way to do it. Like, hey, if you talk to more people, get more story tree options, you'll probably get some side missions. You take those side missions into your open world, you know, or overworld and and find like the turtle shell, you know, like, oh, I, I, I wish I had a turtle shell. That's actually one of them. Hmm. Well, don't worry. When I'm out there and, and doing my other like seven missions, if I find a turtle shell, I'm going to bring it right back to you. There you go. Uh, and then there's other little moments in visual novel stuff that's good. Like, um, you know, if you buy certain items from stores, then that'll open up different dialogue options. <clears throat> Does, I don't know if visual novels really normally do that. Uh, I mean, it can happen. I mean, it kind of depends on what kind of choice branching they do. I mean, I don't know that it's usually about buying an item or something, but definitely like the more people you talk to, that'll open up more things. So it sounds like it's kind of in the ballpark of, of your typical visual novel so far. Right. But like into that point, which this is very interesting. And again, I think I want more developers to, to go down this route, including them, by the way, um, is that like I, I had to go buy a sword, which means I had to have enough money from fighting monsters to get the sword. Right. And then if I got the sword, I went back to the character and it was an inventory item. But then because I had it, I was able to do this, like swing it around and show everybody the sword. And that was like a story mission thing. So I, I like that mixture. And then again, you go to the overworld and do a bunch of fighting. So I think it's okay. The only problem is, you know, again, nothing to write home about. And I just wish the story pulled me in more because if it did, I really like the combo. But I just, I keep going back to the story missions after fighting a bunch of monsters and, and leveling up and not caring enough about what's going on. You know, yeah. So that's yeah. really I mean, the biggest yeah. problem. I mean, that's that's the number one problem with any visual novel. I mean, I just have I mean, I've brought a couple to the show recently, three or four at least, uh, and none of them have really grabbed me because I just didn't care about the characters, I didn't care about the story, and if you don't care about that, I mean, there's literally nothing left. I mean, in this game, at least you've got the combat, but it doesn't seem like it's enough to to pull you along. Right. It's like if either one of them were just a little bit better, it's like an automatic recommend because it's like a really unique thing, and they're no one's really doing that. So right. I want them to try again. Um, I will probably, I might even go back and try to finish it because I don't think it's super long because um, I would like to see at the very end if there's like an interesting, you know, the choices I made make a difference. Sure. Um, because there are choices. Um, so I, I think it's like a A for effort. Nope. E for effort. I don't know e how to spell. <laughs> an A for an effort. An E for effort. That's amazing. No, wait, that's the title of the show, by the way. It's A for effort. Put that down. I prefer E for effort. I think it's a better one. No, but A for effort is, doesn't make any sense. That's funny, right? It is funny. But sometimes, if you, but A makes me feel like it's too good. Wait, wait. That's also, no one's going to get it because they have to hear the the reference. So, yeah, E for effort, I guess. All right. That's funny. Anyway, so, yeah, E for effort then, and I like what I was experiencing. I just was, wish I could be more invested. Boy, that, that phrase can be applied to a lot of things in life. Yeah. I like what I was experiencing experiencing but i wish i could be more invested yeah oh man there's a joke there's a joke that really wants to happen there but i'm not gonna make it why not um, we've been doing this podcast no. for two and a half three years i'm not gonna make that joke right now we're gonna move on all right, all right. i'm gonna talk next about anvil vault breakers this is currently on game pass oh, in boy. a game i don't know it's, it's 
they don't call it early access on Game Pass. They call it like game preview, I think. But basically, it's the same thing. It's early access on Game Pass. I've been tweeting about this for the last couple of days. I'm sure you must have seen me. I saw a little bit of it, but also I don't. We didn't talk about it in the show, but I have already played this. You have played this already? Yeah, and like a while ago. Interesting. Okay, well, okay. I definitely want to get your take on it. Um, you should probably play it now because I'd be curious how far it's come since you played it because I played it. I just started playing it a couple days ago. And like I said, it's on the, the game preview section of Game Pass. Um, it feels pretty close to being a final product, but there are definitely um, glitches and bugs and it's a little bit light on content. But I really like what it's doing. So let me let me uh, let me back up. So first, I'll say I'm glad that it's a game preview and not a finished game because it doesn't feel all the way finished. But what this is. It is a strange and mysterious blend of a lot of things that I really like. So uh, Helldivers is one of my most favorite games of all time, of all history. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that game. It's a top-down isometric uh, team game that's really deadly. Uh, Also, I love Warframe. I spent hundreds of hours playing Warframe, and I love Warframe a lot. And I feel like Anvil is basically the love child of Helldivers and Warframe. So if anybody is listening has played either one of those and likes either one of those, you should definitely check this out because there's a lot of like that same positive DNA going on there. But on top of that, um, there's also a lot of like MOBA elements and some roguelike elements as well. So let me, um, that's the nutshell. Let me, let me back up a little bit. Um, Story doesn't matter in this game. It's like some kind of weird future. Who cares? It doesn't matter. This game is all about just actually playing it, the the physical sense of playing it. Uh, As the game begins, uh, you have three different characters to choose from. And in this world, these characters are like, uh, I don't know, they're like, they're not androids or something. It's like you, the character, is somewhere else. And you're sending like this like robot or android or biosuit or something to this planet to like find artifacts. Um, so there's like, I think, 12 or 16 different ones. There's only three unlocked at the beginning. There's like a, uh, like a run and gun kind of a guy. There's like a heavy guy who's got a hammer. And then there's a really light uh female model that's got like a laser and she can summon like a big monster um so basically every character in this game has four abilities uh and they vary greatly from uh from model to model uh but on top of that top down twin stick shooter basically left stick moves right stick shoots uh, and you don't have to like push a button to shoot which is really great because it saves your thumb uh, all the shoulder buttons um, have a different ability on them and that's basically it right it's like that's kind of the warframe formula where you have like this robot space ninja thing, and each of them have about four different abilities. So you kind of find the one that you like, and then when you find one you like, you got to like team up with people whose characters complement or support like what you do, right? Like if you've got the laser lady who's got a very high attack but very low life, you want to partner up with maybe the dude who can put down a shield or something, or partner up with the person who can heal. That way you're kind of like supporting each other. I like the team dynamic there. And I feel like all of the... All of the, they're called breakers. That's what these characters are called. I like all the breakers so far. They all feel very different and they all play very differently, which I really like a lot. Um, that's another thing it gets from Warframe where there's like in Warframe, like like taking just a glance, they may all seem pretty similar, but when you actually play with them, they all have their own idea, their own concept, their own, their own jam. And they all play extremely differently. And that's what Vault Breakers does as well. It, it really just a few minutes with each character and you're like, wow, okay. What I was just doing with character one is gotta be different than what I'm doing with character two. Uh, so I really like that a lot. Character diversity is really good. The thing that, um, I think really keeps us fresh is that when you start a run, every character has like their baseline attributes. But when you get into these little, uh, these little arenas, you're shooting 
tons of monsters like twin stick action but at the end of each little small arena uh you you earn some money and then there are these little i don't know dispensing machines that have three different choices and this is like where the moba element comes in because you want to like build your character so like they'll offer you like a choice a your laser gets stronger choice b you move faster or choice c you've got like you know 15 percent more defense so you got to pick the one that you think is going to suit you the best whether you're playing by yourself whether you're playing with a team what are the other people on the team doing what do i need to do what is best for my character and my play style uh and so as you go through each room and the game is kind of broken up into rooms uh you'll find tons of these little dispensers all over the place so you want to earn money and you just keep buying stuff and buying stuff and buying stuff and you're kind of like customizing your character on the fly every single time that you play so you've always got your basic abilities but you want to like you know increase those so for example i really like the healer um, but like when you heal, there's like a little AOE that goes around her. It's really small and the healing is really slow. So I'm like, okay, I can increase my gun, but I don't want to do that. I can increase my defense. I don't want to do that. What I want to do is increase my healing so I can keep my teammates alive. And if they're alive, then it takes the heat off of me. So like, I always want to try to increase the area of effect around my person. I want to increase the heal speed, uh, you know, something like that. So that's kind of how I, I quote unquote build her every time that I play. But you can change it like you can do whatever you want on the fly. And also those things are different every time. So maybe you, re you really want to do the healing, but because it's kind of randomized, you may not be able to do that. So there's the additional challenge of, well, my preferred build is not available right now. What else can I do with this character to make them strong and survive? So I think that's really clever. Keeps each run feeling pretty fresh. I like that a lot. Um, tons of bosses. Uh, the game plays really quickly, like uh, I think, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes for like a full run or you can do smaller chunks if you want to. Whoa, 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 whoa. I got to stop you there. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to stop you for a few minutes now, but yeah, yeah go for it. What, what are you talking about? 10 to 15 minute run. There's no ending to the game in 10, 15 minutes, though. Oh, because uh, so I'm not sure what it was like when you played, but like when you jump in now, um, you, you choose your character and then there's a, a series of different planets. And so like the first yeah. planet is like five levels. And the second planet is like seven levels. And then it kind of goes up from there. One planet is just like a, a boss rush. And so like going through five levels on a planet and then you beat a boss at the end. That's like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes or something. Oh, okay. each planet. Okay. I thought you meant like each, the yeah. whole like thing that it has no, to no, no, offer no, like, was like that short. No, because like when you start a run, you pick a planet. And if you finish the planet, you get like a little bonus at the end, a little reward. But like just doing that planet, like, you know three minutes per level, five levels, beat a boss, done. You're in and out 15, 20 yeah. minutes. And it's like you had a whole a whole experience and you can walk away feeling like you did something. Exactly. Right? And that's what I always want out of roguelike. We talk about all the time, feeling yeah. that accomplishment. Yeah. And so I did like that a lot. But yeah, if you want to keep going, like there's there's points where you're going to get stuck. Yeah. I mean, this game definitely is, is very difficult. Um, it's not really meant for single players. I mean, you can do it. You can grind your way through it. Uh, super, super not recommended though. And the game really tries to upfront the whole find teammates, get together with people. And when you choose a planet, it'll say this one can be soloed or maximum of two people. The next planet, we recommend three people. Next planet, we recommend four people. So they tell you right up, up, up front, like, you know, Hey, if you come into the solo, like you're going to get your ass handed to you because we designed the game that way. And that was true of Helldivers as well. Right? Like that game, you could play it for a little while on your own, but you're going to very quickly realize you need someone to play with. And that's just how it, the design is so it's not for everybody um but if you don't mind doing that um i think it's a, a great design i think it works really well i've done a bunch with randos and so far the experiences have all been really good there's no way for them to really um troll you because you guys are working together um you can't really hurt your teammates you can't really i mean i think the worst they could probably do is just like 
not move forward. Although, I mean, why would you do that? You're just sitting there sitting in a, a loading screen or something. You're not moving forward, but you could, but like, there's no, there's no um, swearing at each other. There's no stealing things. There's no, um, you know, any obvious trolling like that. Like it's a pretty neutral approach where you're, you're working towards the same goal together and it only benefits each other to work together. Like there's nothing to be gained by being an asshole. Yeah. Um, so all my rando experiences have been pretty positive so far, which was also true of Helldivers. Um, and just so far, I really like the way this game feels. I think it feels great. I love how fast it is, how punchy it is. It's not finished. I mean, it's a little bit light on the content. I would like to see more rewards um, handed out when you win. Um, I'd like to see uh, a little bit less of a grind because I feel like I'm trying to unlock some more characters. It's taking a little bit too long to unlock some of the other characters. I wish that was going faster. And some of the um, levels are really tough. I mean, I'm no stranger to difficult games, but man, there's been a few times when we get to like a boss and it's just like, the gates of hell are just like open, like all this stuff's happening and explosions and missiles and monsters. And, you know, that could be scaled back a little bit more. But I feel like I feel like Anvil Vault Breakers is in a really good space. It's on a really good track. And I feel like it's um, I feel like it's doing something really good. It's taking lessons from games that I love and doing something smart with them. So I fully expect no one will play this and I expect it to die in six months because I love it so much. <laughs> oh, so no. I'm expecting no one will play. But I really, really like basically everything it's doing and i hope that the finished version just puts a little bit more polish irons out some of the bugs gives you a little bit more content i mean if they do all those things fucking awesome i love this game so far though i'm having a great time with it well i'm gonna be um a flip side and be a little debbie downer real quick oh sure i expected that. you expected I knew that, that. yeah you kind oh, of yeah, for sure. had a feeling but also um the positives for one thing i always call it like anthem meets diablo uh, yeah, kind of. Sure, because it's like that. these kind of mech suits, but it feels like a Diablo game slash Helldivers where, you know, you're just you're beating up a bunch of monsters, three quarters of you, top down, et cetera. Exactly. Um, I had a lot of fun with it in the beginning. Like, by the way, when I said I played it long ago, I mean, I played it like a month ago or something, two months ago. Oh, okay. So yeah. not, not super long. No, no, no. Okay. But like as soon as it was uh, poss- humanly available, I played it. And just I like that concept. I, I mean, I love a Diablo game. And if it's... um. Diablo type with roguelike, I can still have fun. Like I mentioned earlier, like taking out a planet, beating the boss at the end, I felt good, you know, about myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, other, the main Debbie Downer is kind of on me, but, you know, I don't like multiplayer in general, unless it's asynchronous or, you know, something where I have to deal with the people like in real time. Yeah. Uh, I like that. But so I played this single player. I also played Helldivers, by the way, and beat that motherfucking game single player. So. No, you didn't. Yes, not. I sure did. did yes, I sure you, did. You did not. 100% you, I there's did. There's no way. No. We, okay. You, okay. No. A, no, no, no. Okay. You must be mistaken. A, okay. A, we talked about Helldivers so much in the show because it's your favorite show, our favorite game. You remember that I we I talked about playing it. Like, I, I was right there with you in the discussion for every time we talked about the game. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. I remember how I talked about, like, bosses with you and everything? That's because I played all those bosses and beat all those bosses and played the game by myself and beat it. That is that is literally impossible. You couldn't have it's, beat it so oh, wait, wait, there's, there's no is there way. achievement because if so, I can screenshot it and send it to you. Screenshot your achievements. Okay, I'm going to go look it up tonight cuz I know I beat it. I know I beat all the right. game. Anywho, uh, I started trying single player with this game and by the way, five planets I beat single player. Like, wow. Yeah. I was like, it like really enjoying my time. And if that would have been the end of it, I would probably been like, you know, really kind of as psyched as you are. The the couple of cons are one, 
again, single player, there's a limit because the last boss I got to, I was like, no, it's impossible. Yeah, you can, you can only go so far solo. Yeah. yeah, there's, yeah. And again, with Helldivers or other games that are like Diablo-esque that, that want you to be multiplayer, I beat those games by myself. Um, but this one, it's just like, they don't want you to do that. You know, no, they, they sure don't. Yeah. No, they want you to team up. Yeah. So, okay. I hit that wall at some point, but I did get pretty far, like four or five planets. And I, was I mean, like, five planets in is fucking hard, dude. That's really far. I, so. I had a really good time. Here's another reason I think I did well, because, um, and this is an asterisk really quickly. I'm bad at a lot of games. I'm good at some games. I am surprisingly good at anything that's like a Diablo game. I don't know why. Okay. I'm just okay. like insane with it and it's also similar to ultra age to go back to a fifth time in the podcast <laughs> is it you know anything that's like quick actiony moment like moment to moment gameplay uh with like you know shooting or swords and stuff like that I, I do really well so anyways i was a melee character Surprise. i believe it i mean the the melee characters in this game are tanks i mean I'm, of course i'm not surprised for you because you're mr melee but right but in this know. game it's like really focused on shooting it seems like but the melee is so powerful um, oh it can be yeah yeah, yeah. so be. i like and you would just keep picking up new weapons that were all new melee weapons and if i found a gun i was like get out of here and so i think that's what really helped me i like i don't know i just own enemies with that the melee in this game um and then also i didn't think the upgrades felt different like I went to those little stations, like you said, the little kind of yeah, yeah. kiosks. And like, I feel like I was just getting the same thing every time or like, I don't know. They just seemed so incremental that I didn't feel like my character was changing. And that sucked. Like five planets. And I never felt like my ki- my mech suit was like my own. I just mm. felt like it was based on the weapon I had and, you know, upgrading that. But like, I don't know. I just felt like it was very interchangeable and nothing felt like, you know, if you're going to spend that long in a game, even if it's a roguelike, I just felt like I wanted to be more myself. Like, I don't yeah. know. Well, I think a lot of it really depends on, like, which character you click with. And the progression is um, kind of separate for each one. So you do have to spend some time on those. But, you know, I mean, for me, it's more about, like, pick the character that I like and then find a good build that works for me for that particular character and then kind of work on that. And you're kind of, like, doing it each run, right? So it's not just, like, level up once, then you've got them up. It's like, you know, each each time you play is kind of like, a race to survive because uh, one thing I didn't mention is that there is always a countdown clock going. And every time the countdown clock makes a full circuit, uh, like this little death squad of robots shows up. And then not only do they come after your ass, but everybody in the map gets tougher. So like you want to finish the maps as quickly as you can. Mm. You want to try to level up as quickly as you can. So it's kind of a race to be like, can I get my DPS up as fast as possible? Can I get my defense up as fast as possible? But you don't, you don't want to go too fast because you're not going to level up enough, but you don't want to go too slow because then the death squads come after you and the guys get too tough. So it's kind of like this like juggling act. So you're not really like trying to differentiate your character. It's it's like a race to like get your characters to survive and outpace that makes sense. the increasing difficulty of each level. So yeah. it's kind of like a race every single time. Yeah, it's yeah. more roguelike than what, what I'm, you know, I'm trying to make it an action RPG again or something. I want to level up my character. Um, yeah. Well, anyways, I, I, by the way, I applaud them because it looks great and it feels fun, you know, and the fact that you can even do melee and shooting at the same time, uh, you know, or like you said, in a different run or whatever. Uh, I like it. I mean, I like it. I just did get stopped because it's a multiplayer at some point. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely one of those where they intend you to play with others, which I think is fine. Doesn't work for me for every game. Doesn't always work for me in general. But 
for this particular one, I like the approach. I like what they're doing. And this is the kind of game where I don't mind jumping with randos or with my family. I was been playing with my wife and son earlier today. So, uh, But Anvil, Vault Breakers, so far, really, really like it a lot. It's really fun. And I hope that they keep moving and keep polishing and keep improving it. So we shall see. All right. We got to wrap in a minute. But before we do, I do want to uh, just get your cyberpunk story real quick. You said you had a really quick uh, anecdote about cyberpunk. Yeah, just a real quick one. Um, first off, the, there's the very little DLC, unfortunately. And one of the DLCs is like a new car. And I finally like afforded the car and I bought the car and I was like, it handles like shit. It's like a terrible car. <laughs> it's like one of the only DLCs that's available right now, and it's a bad car. I'm like, come on. Good God. Anyways, uh, and then the other story was just that, like, I think it's so funny. I watch so many live streams of this game. You know, even to this day, people are playing it tons of times uh, all over the place. And everybody who plays the game or even just B-roll while they're talking about Cyberpunk, everyone's, like, shooting guns and, like, you know, running out of ammo and kind of, like, hitting enemies and they kind of like take a little while to die or they don't die. And they're like using the life kit to like, you know, heal themselves and stuff. Things you would do in a game. Um, I can't be killed in that game. Like, I think it's hilarious when I watch gameplay footage because I upgraded and played, of course, for 170 hours or something. I have one knife. It's one knife. It's not even a very big knife. It's kind of like just a sharp ass knife. It does like 3,000 DPS or something nuts, which if you don't know the game, it doesn't matter. That's like a god knife. And then I have like a lot of armor. You know, I've kept working on crafting new armor. I literally took on 150 cops, including like 70 of them were like hyper cyber cops, you know? And then they just started sending android at, androids after me, like, you know, T-1000s. Um, or what's the one that it looks just like mechanical? I guess it's the T-1000. The T-800 is the mechanical. Oh, right. The mechanical. Yeah. And anyways, it's just so funny to watch footage of that game because I go, have they not played it as long as I have then? Because I can't die. Like, it's it's a funny thing when someone tries to attack me. Um, and also, by the way, the last thing I said I want to say about it is that I was fighting all these cops just doing this, like, you know, I got into a, a fight. And I put a clip on Twitter and it's just... I said, what have I become? Because every time I swing my knife, like people's heads just blow up and it's gross. And I don't even want to be as strong as I am at this point, but I just think it's funny and sad. Sounds like it's time for you to uh, delete your save and start a fresh one. Oh, that you've been waiting to say that the whole time. <laughs> You're like, Carlos, it looks like you just need to do game plus new game plus new game plus new game plus. I don't want to, though. I like where I got. I got myself there, you know, well, hang tight, man. I'm sure that at some point they're going to have like legit new DLC. So you'll be ready for it. I'll be ready. Although you'll 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 fucking blow through it, though. It'll be it'll be disappointing because you'll finish it like in a. In a five minutes yeah it'd be like 15 minutes like long and they're like cause that was we designed a whole like week mission of stuff yeah you're going to be so god tier that when you start it it's going to be just like boom 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 done and then you're going to be like waiting for content man dude i'm last thing is i'm so god tier that like they send they send the, the city goes on lockdown you don't you've never played this game right no they call you covid because the whole city went on lockdown no that's an interesting joke too soon <laughs> um too soon too soon but basically when they do the city on like the city security system gets activated if you're like too strong, which I am. And so after you've killed like, I don't know, a million, you know, cops or bad guys or whatever that the city has like turrets 
everywhere in the city, there's there's turrets just because, I don't know, they built that in at some point. And if you're near a building, a turret will just, you know, be there and start shooting at you. I'm so strong that I don't even care if they hit me. And then I go up and I jump and I hit it with my knife and it blows up the turret with my knife. That sounds like a good knife. All right. I know you're disinterested at this point, but <laughs> I just wanted to tell the fans of the podcast that I'm strong, I guess. You are cyberpunking to the extreme. Okay. That's it. All right. Let's end. That's. <laughs> I know. I feel like less about that story now. Oh, well. Well, you know, it's a good story. We had the story. We know where you're at in cyberpunk. We're going to check in again. Okay. And I am very much looking forward to the day when there's legit DLC so we can talk about I know. the new stories, the new adventures, oh. the new characters. So. Also, I'm playing an RPG and I can't talk about it until next week, but you'll you'll know about that. One, okay. One you sent me a code for. It's a deal. Yeah. It's a deal. All right, folks, that's the show. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, as always, we'd love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up, sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at sovideogames. You can also reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? At Carlos Rodella, uh, R-O-D-E-L-A, Carlos R-O-D-E-L-A on TikTok. Uh, new skit drops right now. All right, excellent. As for me, same as usual. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that's going to do it for episode 269. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Sobody Games podcast. And we'll see you next Friday. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And Bye from Carlos. And Bye from Carlos. I don't know why I said it twice. I don't know why I talked about the cyberpunk story either. No one seemed to care about that. <laughs>